Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. We're always at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike, you like to golf when you can. I know you don't get a lot of time for that. Well, I do. Yeah, I grew up playing golf. My grandfather got me into golf. My father plays more golf now, retired, than obviously he could when he was working. And um, I think he did better I, than you last time you guys played, if I remember. I, well, that's not very hard to do. Um <laughs> He had played six days in a row prior to me playing. I play about three times a year. and Well, he's uh, retired. He, right. So someday, I'm not planning on retiring anytime soon, but... Um, but that's why he's golf, better than you. I was better than him not that long ago, and he wasn't too happy about it. Mostly because I don't play very often, and then you... you so you never want to lose to someone who almost never plays when uh, you play all the yeah, time. Right? I get that. So it's just a real, you know sort of punch to the ego there but i do enjoy golf what about a hole in one you ever accomplished that i have not okay so this is interesting at a mini golf course in kentucky a man just broke the guinness book of world records for putting 2097 holes in one within 24 hours and he was Mm. doing this to raise money for the flood victims in kentucky 2097 holes in one within 24 hours that sounds pretty difficult, even on a mini golf course. So first of all, gosh, everybody in Kentucky and what they're going through now, yeah. I think we can all agree. It is awesome he's doing that. But then, you know, when it comes to pretty much all aspects of my life, anytime, you know, and usually I apply it to the market, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be great. Or this is gonna be, what's the catch, right? <laughs> so how many hole-in-ones did you say? 2,097 within 24 hours. I like the charity part. Love that. I there were three other guys more. doing it with him, by the way. He was the one that accomplished the most. And just, you know, my brain works. I would want to know how complicated this course is. I mean, if this was putt-putt golf and games, I don't think anybody's going to get 2,000 and plus. They did. You know, he did. One. He did. Anyway, it was mini golf. Isn't that the same thing? I don't it's, even it's know. It's like investments. Like somebody tells you it's really, really great and you should get in it. Everybody's doing it, Kristen. It's uh, really great. I see where you're you know, going. Been all, you know, and then it uh, turns out, oh, yeah, the fine print. So I'd be interested in the fine print on that, but I'm all for charity, so I'm glad it worked out well. Unfortunately, I just saw the headline on Fox Business and thought it was cool. But, of course, you being the analytical mind that you are, wanting to know the fine print, because that is something people are hypersensitive to right now, the details of what's happening with our money, especially the details with our economy. Which brings us to our first financial topic. The textbook definition of a recession is back-to-back quarters of negative economic growth. And Depends my- on who you ask, because, um, yeah. I forgot about that. Seriously, we're mm-hmm. still doing that. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because you know what? It might be something completely different, something you've never heard of before, right? It might be something really cool. Let's see what happens. Mike, you predicted we were already in a recession as far back as May 7th, right here on the radio show, and I can prove it. Just take a listen. Kristen, I can't imagine a scenario for the second quarter where it doesn't pull back. It's already pulled back. Right. So if you're at all concerned about what a recession, which I think we're already in one, and I think this is in, in Christian wow. Clinton's audio tape, by the way. Say that again? Yeah, I, I think we're already in it. I mean, it's already happened. And they're talking about 2023. I think it's here. By the way, play it again, if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> Mark the time <laughs> and date here, okay. A few months from now, and I'll say, you know what, I was wrong. Kristen, if I'm wrong, That would be great if I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I would love it if the economy 
wasn't in a recession. I just don't believe that it is. I don't think it's 2023. I think it's here now. What I appreciate about what you said on May 7th of 2022, right here on this radio show, (laughs) is you were factual and logical, yet still hoping for that silver lining. But all the media outlets are saying we aren't in a recession. Heck, the White House says we're not in a recession. It's very, very political, Kristen. Clearly, here we have midterms coming up in November. I suspect they will continue to try to redefine what a recession is probably until after November and we get the results of the midterm elections. That's one of the things we can't control. We can't control the media. We can't control all this political back and forth. We can't control whether or not Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan. Oh, she did. She she, she is or not. But it's this whole thing. It's our job to help our clients. They're confused about all this information. Most of the people that we work with have either been sitting in a company retirement account, something like a 401k or a TSP 403b account, something with limited investment options, no active management, or people are calling us because their financial advisor just keeps telling them to hang in there. Hey, don't worry, you've got a diversified portfolio, hang in there. And meanwhile, as they're hanging in there, they're down 10, 20, sometimes 30%. We just want to get the message out that regardless of what's going on politically, regardless of markets and just everything we're looking at, yes, we are technically in a recession. They can try to redefine it, but we are technically in a recession. Are there some good numbers out there? To me, not really. There are some okay numbers out there with jobs, but I think this is just getting started. It's just now rolling. And all you have to do is just go out to your local grocery store, go out to a restaurant, go out to the movies, travel a little bit. I think most of Our listeners will see it in their local economy. It's not that there aren't people out doing things. It's just that if we're really doing that well, how come it's less busy this year than it was last year? Last year, Kristen, we were smack dab in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was busier. There were more people doing things. They were out and about, even though they had to wear masks. And now you don't have to wear masks. Supposedly, things are supposed to be going so great and people are pulling back. And when the economy pulls back, which it has then people are pulling back and then the next thing to start falling off is jobs. So they're saying jobs are great, but guess what? When the restaurants aren't as full and travel isn't as full and movies aren't as full and people aren't as those companies have to start cutting back. So I think, yes, we're currently in recession. I think that it's a distraction politically to say that we're not, but if you're not prepared in your portfolio, take a close look Uh, here recently, July last month was a pretty good month in the market. Excuse me, pretty good. The New York Times reported that July was the best month for the S&P 500 since November of 2020. Speaking of all the COVID Yeah, but that's November of 2020. Markets don't go straight up. They also don't go straight down. And so when you start getting a sell-off and people start getting nervous, it goes down, 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 and then you get a bump. And then not all the time, Kristen, but if you study this as we do, then it starts going down again. I think it's a head fake. You know, for somebody to say, yeah, they things are great. Look how the market did in July. No, no, things haven't gotten better. They're actually getting worse. And so what I would say to anybody who's sitting there looking at your 401k or your retirement plan at work, if you're age 59 and a half or older, you can probably make some changes there. And we can show you what all the investment options are. If you're currently working with a financial advisor, who, by the way, if they've been telling you to hang in there, 
they have been sweating this mm. for so long. And then they looked at July and went, maybe, hey, see, told you so. <laughs> I, that is, again, head fake, in my opinion. I don't think it gets better moving forward. I don't know why it would. And we're communicating with our clients all the time and saying, hey, listen, we're building portfolios that are designed to do well in a bear market. And for our listeners who aren't aware of what that means, a bear market is a bad market. It means markets are going down and we're retracting. We can build portfolios to do well in the bad market. Other advisors are telling people, hang in there, don't worry. I don't like that approach. If you're in a 401k, you don't have assistance to help you with your portfolio. So, you know, whether it's a bull market or a bear market, doesn't really matter. You're probably hanging in there. Don't just hang in there if you're close to retirement. Certainly don't hang in there if you're age 59 and a half or older, because you can probably take advantage of active management. But as we do this radio program, Kristen, our job is just to get information out there, let people know there are alternative investments. Okay. Like what? Well, for example, when I'm having a conversation with somebody that we haven't talked to before, or they've come into the office and we're explaining, well, when markets go down, you don't have to just go to cash to protect your money. You can mm -hmm. actually move to investments that go up when markets go down. That's a foreign idea to most people, not everyone, but to most people, because that's not the type of information they've gotten for the past 20, 30, 40 years. They were just given some investment options that went up when markets went up and went down when markets went down. Or they've been working with advisors that tell them to hang in there or advisors that, that don't have an investment platform in place to active manage portfolios. It's so frustrating, and I know this. There are so many people paying a fee to have portfolios managed just to turn around and be told to hang in there. That's probably the number one call we get every week, Kristen, mm. just from people that are irritated by that. Well, I keep paying a fee, and then I get told to hang in there. It doesn't make sense. And so we would just invite you to find out if our investments, if our portfolios are doing better than your investments. Maybe they're your investments in your 401k. Maybe they're your investments with another financial advisor. Our goal is if we can provide value and show you a higher rate of return net of fees and also reduce the amount of risk you're taking to get those returns, you might want to work with us. And you might not want to just hang in there on your portfolio. We keep hearing the argument about a recession and just knowing that Wall Street is volatile. Well-known Wall Street prognosticator and chief global strategist of Euro-Pacific Capital, Peter Schiff recently weighed in on Fox News about this whole recession debate. For my entire career, recession has been described by two quarters of negative GDP growth, and we've got that. In fact, the third quarter looks like it's going to be an even bigger contraction than the first two. So that's going to be three quarters. But, you know, Yellen said that a recession is not two consecutive drops in GDP. It's a broad-based economic slowdown. Well, that's exactly what we've got. The auto industry is in recession. The housing industry is in recession. Retail is in recession. So many unrelated segments of the economy are in recession. How you can't say this is a broad-based slowdown, uh, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. And in fact, it's going to get a lot worse in the third quarter and then probably the fourth quarter as well. When I was watching this, seeing how passionate he was, and I saw a blurb, and I was like, wait a second, can that be right? I Googled it. Yes, this is the guy who forecasted the 2008 crash. And now he's saying things will likely get worse. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but the portfolios that we use also forecasted the 2008 crash. I know that, but this guy talks really intensely yeah, and, and scary, and intense. you don't talk like that. <laughs> 
I don't. I was listening to him. I'm thinking, I agree. I love what this guy is saying. Our job is to help people that are retired or close to it, protect and grow their money. 100% believe the third quarter is going to be even worse. Yelling this and that and the other. It's all political. People are trying to navigate all of this nonsense going, it just doesn't feel right. And by the way, I don't typically like the last name Schiff, yeah, right? I think dicey. it's like Shifty Schiff. Well, Trump's favorite guy, you know. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah, Shifty Schiff. <laughs> but I like this shift. I think he's spot on, Kristen. And we need more of that. This idea that, hey, don't look here, look over here. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the fact that uh, the housing market is bad. And don't worry about things feel bad in the economy and gas prices and home values are going down. And by the way, it's going to cost you a lot if you want to have steak for dinner. You might mm-hmm. want to have a hot dog. or you know, Don't look over there. Just look over here. Yeah, we're not really in a recession because the jobs numbers were pretty good, right? It, it's very irritating. And I think it's irritating for most of our listeners. And in particular, when you're talking about your life savings, you don't want to have to deal with it. Are we in a recession or are we not in a recession? We're in a recession, whether it's technical or not technical. It is technical, by the way. But (laughs) moving forward, what are you going to do about it? So here's who we're talking to week after week. Either individuals that are retired or very close to it, they've got their money in a corporate retirement account, something like a 401k or another corporate retirement account, and they haven't had any active management, but they're worried about volatility. So in those accounts, you have limited investment options, no active management, transitioning into retirement, trying to figure out how to make your money work for you for the rest of your life. So that's a very common sit down we'll have at the office work you through our financial planning process, let you know what all of the investment options are that are available to you. And if we can provide value by showing you how to retire successfully, get returns higher than what you could do on your own net of any fee you would pay us and we're providing value. But then you've got all these other people out there taking a look at portfolios and dealing with a financial advisor that's just telling them to hang in there. And the story, Kristen, it just keeps happening again and again and again. People come in and go, Well, sure, I'd like a second opinion. My advisor is telling me to hang in there. We take a look at their portfolio. It's a very typical hang in there portfolio. Diversification. There's plenty of firms who rely on other firms. And I I can't name the names of firms, but Kristen, there are companies out there that build diversified portfolios, and then they turn around and sell those portfolios to advisors. And then those advisors go back and push those portfolios on their clients. And we talk to people in that situation all the time. Guess what? They're still hanging in there or they're going to the bank and they're still hanging in there. Ask yourself a question. Do you believe six months from now, the economy or the stock market is going to be better than it is today? Hmm. I think if we polled, probably it'd be along political lines a little bit, but if we polled people across America, sentiment is very low. Most people believe it would be lower later. If you believe the economy will be worse six months from now, then you probably believe the stock market will be worse six months from now. Why are you hanging in there on your current portfolio? Wouldn't you like to know which investment options are available to you that would do well in a bad market? Hang in there could mean having to work five or 10 more years, right? I mean, if you actually got your nest egg and you're doing really, really well, then right when you got close to retirement, you lost 20, 30, 40% of it. And guess what? You're working longer. Uh, so hold on a second, Mike. What are some of those options you're talking? I mean, you keep saying that, 
What's yeah, the deal? Yeah, I know, and I don't want to sound like an annuity salesperson because that's not what we do, right? So the other options are, first of all, inverse. Sounds complicated, I guess. Depends on how you apply it, but you can invest in the market. You can bet the market goes up or the market goes down. The majority of people, when they invest, are betting the market goes up. The inverse or opposite of that is investing in funds or ETFs that go up when markets go down. If you truly believe markets are going to go down, why would you be invested in accounts that only do well when markets are going up? We believe markets are going down. So we're putting clients in investments that will do well as markets go down. People are looking for income right now, Kristen. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of cash on the sidelines. They're trying to find out, well, where can I place money to get income? Or where can I place money to get protected growth? I wouldn't recommend an annuity. I mean, we're negotiating with some of the largest banks in the world to do what are called structured notes. Uh, I can't get into all the details. There's a prospectus and everything. But what I can tell you is we can set up investments that provide income or provide growth, have protection. You probably haven't heard about it, but that is an alternative. And Kristen, all I can say about that is I feel that if we sat down and I showed you what all of your investment options are and help you make an informed decision, you would probably want to go with those investment options versus the options that you're aware of right now. This is this is, this is this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.